This is Leafs Breakfast. It is indeed Leafs Breakfast here on this special birthday morning for our man Carlo Koliakovo turning 40. And I'm going to guess our TSN hockey insider Darren Dreger doesn't have any news about teams looking to add a depth defenseman ahead of the deadline at the age of 40. Sorry, Coco. <laughs> Uh, but he's always got good content for us here on the show, and he joins us here on First Up. What's going on, Darren? How are you? I'm doing well. You know what? If Carlo was a right shot instead of a left shot, <laughs> I, I, I think there'd be at least an outside chance. You know, he's, well, he's still pretty fit. Uh, you know, gets on the ice on occasion. Still probably. You know, I had this conversation with Mike Johnson last week. We are doing a Senators game. Uh yeah, I think he still scrapes around out there. Uh, Mike's impressive, too, as every ex-NHL player is when you're playing the level of men's league. Who's getting in here? But he can still clap it. He's still got a good shot. And I don't recall Mike Johnson having a big booming shot when he played in the NHL. Carlo, on the other hand, I think <laughs> at, at, at 40 years old, he can still powder it from the blue line, so... If I'd we were playing mini that. sticks, I dominate right hand <laughs> shots right now. <laughs> uh, I'm getting a lot of practice with my son, but uh, the way my back feels awesome. this morning, yeah, hard to believe I could make a comeback right now. <laughs> keep believing, brother. Keep yeah, believing. Always keep believing. Well, 40 is just a number, right, Dregs? It's all about how exactly you feel. Right. Got a big smile Absolutely. on my face. Life is good. Happy to be doing the job that I'm doing. No and always. Always happy to be talking to you. So let's talk some hockey. Um, sure. Leafs and uh, and Senators tonight, Battle of Ontario. And, look, I, I think, you know, me and AK talked throughout the week. Like, we all want the Maple Leafs to do great. They're having a great season. They're, they, they've, they have the second or third best record in the league. But it's tough to come up with good talking points about this team because there is so many great things going on with this group. But – you watched, and I saw you comment on this yesterday, you watched that Boston-Tampa Bay game last night. That had playoff feel written all over it. Do you yeah. think the Maple Leafs yeah. watched that game with more intent, knowing that, okay, we're playing Tampa in the first round? Yeah. Are we are we good enough to play in that type of series right now, or do you still think that they're actively searching to put themselves in the right position to prepare for that type of series? No, look, I, I think they believe that, you know, man to man, they they do have a good enough roster to compete with the best of the best, the National Hockey League. You don't know that until you get into a seven game series. But you know, as we've talked about before on first up, that's the mindset, or at least that's what Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas tried to establish right in training camp that that would be the mindset this year. Prep every game as if it is a playoff game. Try and ingrain that mentality throughout the 82-game regular season grind, and that should pay dividends no matter who you play. And you're right. I mean, seems pretty clear now. Boston likely isn't going anywhere. I mean, they lose to Tampa Bay in what was a unreal hockey game. Um, but it looks like Toronto and, and uh, Tampa Bay are going to match up again. In saying all of that, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here. When I when you look at the Maple Leafs right now as they're built. And when they're healthy, for the most part, you know, T.J. Brody's got to come back. So let's assume that when he comes back and is, is back into full conditioning and full health, not a bad 6-7 defensive core. Um, 
Would you like to improve on it? Sure. I mean, there wouldn't be many teams in the National Hockey League that, that wouldn't take advantage of the right defensive fit being available, especially a short-term affordable fit, right? And I think you say the same thing up front. We've talked again about, you know, the, the search for potentially a, a top six winger. Well, they don't grow on fruit trees in the backyard. Like, you know, they're, they're hard to find. I'll tell my and, dad to plant one, Drake. So I'll tell my yeah. dad to plant one. Yeah. At, at this point, you're overpaying to acquire that, and it, and it's it's a it's a wish list, right? Because as we've said, if you acquire that piece up front, well, yeah, then that gives you more depth because you can slide one of the other guys like Cal Yarncrook down into the bottom six, and you're loaded for bear. That doesn't mean that Toronto is going to stand pat, do nothing. I wouldn't be surprised, and this is probably the approach. Um, they're lucky at it as if they've done work over the season. They bring in Connor Timmons. We're talking about contract extension with Connor Timmons, which means that he's been a, a real nice fit. Uh, but, you know, I think Dubas has to be searching in the low-rent district. He does, unless there's just magically some sort of deal that, that lands at his feet or that he has been talking with that general manager or a couple of general managers for months that finally comes to fruition. But I'll just I'll, I'll relay a conversation I had with a player agent yesterday. We talk about the salary cap all the time, obviously, but because of the salary cap, the, the, the next most tricky issue that general managers have to wrestle with, number of contracts, right? Mm. Because everybody is, for the most part, maxed out. So now when you're making a trade, it's not just about adding. You've got to get creative, and it's not just about the salary cap. You've got, you know, the, the, the team that you're dealing with needs to take a contract back, or you're waiving somebody, and you're going through a bigger, uh, a bigger set of concerns. So there's a lot at stake here. But I, I mean, to answer your question again, I, I think Toronto is fine, and I, I, I think there's always going to be that that sort of nagging wonder, um, almost a layer. Not almost. There is a layer of negativity that, okay, we're in the second half now. Um, I guess we brace ourselves to the playoffs, and it's probably not not going to go well. Well, you don't know that, and you can't think that way until you get there, and the reality sets in. I mean, yeah. there is a, a higher level of maturity, I would say, with this team. Well, you said level of maturity. Um, John Tavares is about to play his 999th game tonight, and Crazy. you talk about a remarkable career. On Sunday, it'll hit; it'll be number 1,000. But how much should Leaf fans appreciate, even just hockey fans appreciate, that everything John Tavares has brought to you know the game of hockey? Yeah, well, and, and not just this year, but I don't know that I've ever been more impressed with uh, Tavares and his career than I have been this season. You know, because it came off uh, a trying year last year. And, you know, young family, we all know how we struggled through COVID. Like, it's, it's not like these guys are just hockey players. <laughs> That's, that, they had a lot going on in their life, like the rest of us who have raised families, right? So there's all sorts of things. But, you know, John really committed. All NHL players work out hard and train in the summer. That's not what I'm talking about. You know, he went into last off season um, specifically trying to to adjust and change some things. And I I just think that he's been among you know William Nylander rightfully so is is getting a, a, a ton of credit because he's producing and he looks like a different player than what we've seen um, to this stage of his career. For me, 
beyond that, you know, the numbers that Marner has put up in the records and, and all of that, you have to consider John Tavares and his level of consistency. So to, to look back over his career and say it's impressive, yeah, I think that's an understatement. You know, if, if it weren't for the salary cap, John Tavares would be celebrated as a Maple Leaf, in my exactly. opinion. Exactly. It, because of everything that he does, everything that he brings, he's not a big-time rah-rah guy externally. You know, not sure how he is in the dressing room. I assume he's relatively quiet, but when he speaks, guys will pay attention. Um, but, he, he, you know, he's he's given the Toronto Maple Leafs and before that the New York Islanders everything he has, and you can't ask for more of a player. We're in conversation with TSN Hockey Insider Darren Dreger here on First Up. Some news out of Vancouver yesterday. They re-signed Andre Kuzmenko to a two-year deal, five and yeah. a half million a season. What does that mean for guys like Horvat? And I've been seeing some buzz online about the potential trading of other guys, established veterans with the Vancouver Canucks. Just how big of a deadline, a big of the next six weeks, could the Canucks have on the trade front, Darren? Well, they need to have a big one, AK. You know, I mean, Jim Rutherford stood in front of the masses, sat in front of the masses. Uh, you know, when they went through all the turmoil, finally fired Bruce, uh, hired Rick Tockett and in the coaching staff of Adam Foote and, and Sergey Gonchar. And prior to that, talked about how, you know, the Vancouver Canucks don't need minor surgery. They need major surgery. Well, major surgery normally means that you're, you're doing something significant, obviously, to fix a problem. Maybe you're taking something out. Maybe you're adding something. It, 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 it makes more sense that they would take something because of the issues that Vancouver faces moving forward. That's cap-related. That's, that's really what it is. And now they've added a big number in Andre Kuzmenko in a two-year bridge extension at $5.5 million annual average salary. I don't know that they had much choice. Um, this guy selected Vancouver. I think everybody knew that he was going to be an impactful NHL player. I don't think anybody expected that, you know, he would have 21 goals, 22 assists at this point of the season. You know, you think that there'd be some growing pains when you play your first NHL season. Granted, he's 26. I, I understand that. But there's nothing but upside for this guy. So I think Vancouver would have traded players yesterday, a month ago, two months ago. Keep going, right? Um, but because of how how kind of choking the system is, um, they haven't found the right fit and haven't had the, the right opportunity to do that. But Patrick Alvin is, is going to be busy. And, it, and it's not just Vancouver. I mean, look at, at Montreal. We've known for how long that Ken Hughes – and the Montreal Canadiens are basically open for business and have been for a long, long time. They've got some injury concerns that they, they have to wrestle with. But still, you know, those are pieces. What we're seeing is what we saw in the Colorado San Jose trade. And that's like smaller level pieces where you're, you're just, okay, well, here's two guys in our organization that, nah, don't quite fit. You know, we'll take your two guys that don't quite fit with you, and let's see if maybe a change of scenery works. So. Vancouver is hopeful that they're going to be big players, but we'll find out in, I guess, in the near future whether that's true or not. Yeah, I think everybody's just hopeful that there's just going to be trades because I think everyone's just wanting to see movement and the the buzz live up to the hype of you know everything that's 
being talked about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe in due time we'll see it. I mean, Montreal's, like you said, Montreal's priming themselves up to be big-time sellers. Uh, you know, maybe they can be a, more, uh, a broker team as well, too, with some of the salary yeah. cap space that they're inheriting with uh, long-term injuries. But, uh, Drake's, you know, Gary Bettman made a lot of news this week because of some of the comments he made about tanking in the NHL, and he doesn't believe that it, it that exists. But I don't know if teams took that to heart because teams that are supposed to be tanking are winning games this week. Like Chicago had a big win last night. Anaheim yeah. has two wins in a row. I mean, aside from last night's per- performances from these teams where underdogs went 6-3 and three against the spread, in case most people, most people weren't paying attention, yeah. What did you make of Gary Bettman's comments? Is 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 this guy, you know, trying to be the most hated person in the league? Is he delusional <laughs> when he talks about tanking? Like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's clearly uh, it uh, is, uh, I, I I agree with the sentiment and and the message. It's it's always the delivery I think that rankles people the most when it comes from from uh, the commissioner. So what I mean by that is. You know, he's, he's basically dismissing the idea. Well, okay, if you boil it down to just basic reality here, Carla, you played the game for a long, long time. You know, I don't think that there was ever a game where you just went into it saying, okay, well, we can't win here, so I'm, I'm just – I'm not going to play. I'm going to mess around out there. I'm going to throw pizzas up the middle. Like, players don't do that. No, and, and absolutely coaches, not. Yes. No, and, and, and coaches are going to coach to win because it's job security. They've got themselves to, to worry about, and they represent the bigger group. So in that essence, I, I'm with him and others who say tanking isn't real. I understand that. But where it becomes more real is the fact that, look, I mean, the, the managers that you we're talking about here who are at the bottom of the National Hockey League, be it uh, Anaheim, you know, Columbus, Chicago would like to get there and aren't that far off. But, you know, they slapped around the Calgary Flames who can't afford to be losing to Chicago. They tried to lose that game. I don't even know the name of the goalie they played in that game yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. So, I I mean, when you factor in all of those things and including parity in the National Hockey League, aside from your, your top playoff contenders and your Stanley Cup contenders, I mean, if you're not ready, then you're probably going to lose, as we saw in, with the Calgary Flames and the Chicago Blackhawks uh, last night. But as we've also seen, and we're going to see it here again in the near future, managers aren't going to help their coaches or the roster. You know, they're going to unload and they're going to take back futures or bad contracts, and that's not going to, to help the team establish a better place in the standings. Quite the opposite. So, me- mechanically speaking. There is a way to encourage, I guess, by definition, a form of tanking, but not across the board. Well, it's the Leafs and the Senators tonight, the Battle of Ontario, the Leafs and the Capitals on Sunday. John Tavares in his 1,000th game, a very busy weekend in the NHL coming up. Dregs, you'll be all over it for us at TSN Radio and TSN. Have yourself a great weekend. We will chat with you on Monday. All right, guys. You too. Thank you. Thanks, Dregs. That is TSN Hockey Insider, Darren Dreger.